0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have a poem submission for this week. This poem was submitted by Ewa. And the Iwa's poem is A Letter to Anxiety. To Anxiety, hello, old friend, the one I have had for as long as I can remember, even when I did not have a name for you. You are the pounding in my chest, the beating of my heart, the racing of my breath, the churn in my stomach, You are the panic I feel, the multiple questions I have no answers to. You are the worries that cripple me, the questioning of my reality. You are the uninvited guest showing up and ravaging my home, making my space feel unsafe, making me feel unwelcome. You are the byproduct of abuse, the undeniable effect of not being grounded. The result in adulthood of a childhood that was a whirlwind. A roller coaster of emotions undealt with. A turmoil that feels like I've been hit by a bus. An unexpected turn to my day, my week, and my year. You are the state of mind I find myself in. I hold you in my body. And I wonder how to ask you to leave. I am writing to you, oh, anxiety. Please do me a solid and leave me be. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Iwa. This poem really captures the physical, the emotional, the psychological, aspects of anxiety and the ways in which it can show up and, as you say, ravage our days, our weeks, our years. And so trying to figure out, trying to determine ways of healing, ways of coping, ways of getting relief in in healthy ways and healthy pathways as we seek to recover Recover our nervous system, recover holistically. And we have a prior episode on addressing anxiety that I invite you all to listen to. But it is a challenge for many, and particularly in the times that we are living in. And so I thank you for giving the experience voice on today, Iwa, with this beautiful, powerful po- poem. So on today, we're going to talk about dealing with difficult people, dealing with difficult people. And the reality is when we are already anxious or already stressed, already overwhelmed, dealing with everything else you have to deal with, you can feel like you don't even have the capacity to deal with people that are hard to engage with and they may be hard to engage with for a number of reasons. And then because we are the audience that we are, I want to also name that some of you who are listening may be the quote unquote difficult people, those that others have uh, described as too much or too intense or too sensitive, or uh, challenging or difficult to please because you may feel a sense of not being at peace within yourself. And I want to also name that some people who are labeled difficult are actually responding to the realities of the world around us. And so many of us, in order to function or survive, Uh, learn how to mute or ignore or pay selective attention to what is happening in the world. But for those who are really tuned in, uh, who feel things deeply, who some describe as highly sensitive people, intuitive or empathetic people, the stress that you see in the outer world um, may really hit you in such a way um, where it is overwhelming to you and also overwhelming to the people you interact with. And so in other episodes, we have talked about feeling your feelings and healing from trauma. And so on today, instead of centering the discussion about if you are the difficult, quote unquote, person, I want to speak to those who are really feeling the stress and strain of interacting with or being in relationship with or having to navigate spaces um, with people that are triggering for you or that are difficult for you to uh, figure out how to maintain a sense of your own peace in their presence. And so those, quote unquote, difficult people, uh, challenging Uh, people uh, may be in your work environment. They might be family members. They may be friends. It might be a partner. They may be your child or your parent. And so for us to take a moment to reflect who are the people in your life, perhaps present and past, that it has been difficult for you to relate to or to engage with. And perhaps that's even another way to frame it, right? Instead of the person themselves being difficult, but the interaction or the relationship or the communication is difficult. And I invite you to reflect on your own wisdom for a moment because all of us have had these circumstances And there are some that you have managed or navigated and you feel like you came to a place of success with, like you you figured out how to do it, how to be on that job with the supervisor that you had or dealing with a coworker who uh, was hard to engage with, or some of you thinking about growing up with your uh, siblings or your parents and uh, that you had to figure out. Uh, how to manage. And I invite you to reflect on, you know, what were your strategies or your solutions? You know, what do you feel worked or was effective? And what do you think perhaps made things worse? I think many of us can think of examples of when we escalated a situation so perhaps the person was difficult, and then we intensified it, and then the thing may have blown up uh, in our faces. Or we can also think about negative or unhealthy examples of when we perhaps erased ourselves, muted ourselves in the presence of this difficult person, which made them maybe happier, but may have made you miserable. And so then we don't want that to be the solution, right? We are not just looking for solutions by which those who create difficulty are appeased or are pleased with us or find us acceptable, but we want to be thoughtful about our mental health as well, right? So what is my path or my approach so that I am not escalating the conflict, but neither am I losing myself, uh, losing my voice, surrendering myself. So there are a number of pieces that I want to recommend for you as you are thinking about this work going forward, because whether you are currently in that circumstance or not, I assure you there will be moments uh, in your future people in your future, dynamics and relationships in your future where where this can be an issue and it can create or intensify our anxiety that Iwa wrote about in their poem. It can cause us to feel hopeless or helpless or powerless. It can sabotage relationships. It can cause us to self-isolate or to try to numb out or to engage in unhealthy and uh, destructive habits. And so the first thing that I want to say is that we want to operate with an ethic of respect, right? That I don't want other people's behavior to dictate the ways in which I respond, Right. So when I said if someone is being over the top and then I try to meet them there and be even more over the top. Right. Now I am uh, acting out and perhaps justifying my behavior by their behavior. But when I decide and it doesn't mean silencing myself, but it does mean that as an act of integrity, I want what I say and what I do to be based in a fundamental of respect, you know, because I respect myself and I respect other living beings, that there are some things I will not do or will not say because it goes against my own character, right, my own ethic. And so when people are being difficult or you're experiencing them as difficult, to make a a resolution within yourself that I am going to be guided by respect and by compassion. I will not disrespect or dishonor myself in this process, but I'm also not going to treat people in dehumanizing ways even if they are challenging to deal with or to interact with. The second thing I want to recommend is that you really try to listen, not to the delivery, but the content, right? What happens is sometimes, and especially uh, Iwa mentioned being a trauma survivor, sometimes people's past has triggered them. And so they are communicating with an intensity that is based in their own fear, their sense of not being safe, or their uh, difficulty regulating their emotions. And when based on our own history, Intense emotions are too difficult. You know, our tendency can be to shut down. And by shutting down, we are ignoring the person, which can make some people escalate even more because they feel this panic of I'm not being heard. I'm not being heard. I'm not being heard. And so uh, when you have the emotional capacity, because as I said, we're not going to erase ourselves, but when you have the emotional capacity and you can decide that moment by moment, day by day, some days you have it, some days you just have to walk away and shut it down. And I, I cannot engage, right? I do not have it to give. But when I have the, the emotional capacity to hold the space, then what I am trying to do Is to reach underneath all of the displays of emotion and to try to hear what is this person's concern, right? What is it they are really asking for? What is it they are actually afraid of? You know, what, what is actually, what's happening here, right? Something is happening here and the presentation can distract me from the content. And so I invite you. And and this is, you know, something we also learn in parenting. Right. If you're a parent and your child is becoming overwhelmed, trying to tune into like what is what is really the request or what is really stressful for them? You know, what is really happening? You know, an easy example of that is when we talk about children who, if you tell them suddenly we have to leave something that is fun, and you know, they throw a big tantrum, and we can say, Oh, you know, that's bad home training. They should never throw tantrums and they get so upset. And but then it's like learning your child. So, if I really hear it, is that some. People don't like surprises, right? So then you will see parents learning to tell uh, their kid, if this works for this kid, 20 more minutes, right? In 20 minutes, we're going to leave. In 10 more minutes, we're going to leave. Okay, time's up. Get your coat. So then I am not just put off by the expression, but I am listening so that we can determine like, what is the solution You know, how can how can we fix this? So when you have the capacity to do that or the desire to do that, because, again, some of the difficult people may be strangers. Right. If it's a stranger in a store, then I likely am not going to invest that energy and trying to figure out what solution they need. But I'm talking about when the people that are challenging are people I'm in relationship with, right? So my family members or a friend who gets overwhelmed or who gets anxious, then it helps me to try to tune in to what is really being communicated. Uh, another piece that is important is to uh, try to step away from being judgmental. Part of mindfulness is to be present without judgment. And the reality is we are all different. And so what is overwhelming for you may not be overwhelming to someone else. What is a big deal to you may not be a big deal to them. What is stressful to them may not be stressful to you. And so sometimes we are dismissive of people who are different and you don't know their life journey about why this is so important to them. And so to try to uh, release the judgment and to know not everyone has to react like you. And the example that comes to mind for me is, um, I have a friend who has always had to like hold it together. And she you know, has faced many difficulties in her life, but did not have the luxury or safety or space to fall apart. And so for her, it is very irritating to be around people who like fall apart, you know? Like in her mind, if 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 I have been through everything I've been through and I didn't lose it, like how dare you, right? And so, you know, we, we had a conversation about it cause I was trying to figure out why someone was annoying her so much. And so often it is easier for us to flow with or connect with people that we see as similar to ourselves, but for us to have grace and compassion for the different ways in which people feel, the different ways they show up, the different ways they express. And I do wanna say, I am intentionally talking about dynamics that are difficult. I am not talking about abuse. Right? If someone is being abusive, then, you know, my message is not just for you to show compassion and lack of judgment and kind of hear their concerns, right? Because there's no excuse for abuse, no excuse for abuse. But when there is just like an intensity or some people are very difficult to please or never have a sense of peace, or there's a lot of anxiety, or they're like constantly, you know, looking for the gaps or the problems, Then these are uh, some pointers to think about. And I would also say, you know, something I made reference to before, which is keeping your sense of inner peace. And that is a skill that we develop over time where you get tired of being a puppet, right? That I don't want to just be on the ends of other people's string. So like if they roll their eyes, if they smirk, if they, you know, if they do anything or say anything, you know, there was a time in my life where that could like ruin my day. Right. Where that becomes the center of my conversation. It becomes the center of my focus. And I want to invite you to remain the center of your own narrative, the center of your own story. You know, sometimes we put other people center stage and until they are pleased or content, then we cannot be. And that robs you of your days, of your months, of your years. Right. So I can have an interaction with someone, you know, who is critical. And I take note of that. I hear that. I'm aware of it. It could be annoying or irritating. And at the same time, I refuse to let them overshadow my whole day, right? So then as I reflect on what happened today, they are not the center or the top of my list. They are one of a number of things that happened. And there are some beautiful things that happened. There are some neutral things that happened. And then there was this annoying thing that this person said, and that happened as well. So I invite you to reclaim your pen or your frame in terms of the level of power and focus and attention uh, you give to people. And I know sometimes people can kind of suck the air out of the room or they can like, feel like they take over the space. And I'm a member of several organizations and sometimes in meetings, you will have like one or two people who will seemingly hijack the meeting with negativity. Now, the majority of the people there are positive. They wanna do good. Uh, A number of the people there are just kind of silent who don't say very much. But if I uh, allow it, the difficult people will come to represent for me everything that took place in that time and space. And that is giving them Too much power, and that's a reason why uh, many of us end up uh, very panicked and uh, stressed out. And then it is important that we are careful that we do not become controlling, right? Because sometimes when people create difficulty with us, we want to try to dictate to them what they need to do. And if you have ever tried that, you know, in most cases, uh, that does not work. You know, of course, it's it's one thing we're talking about parenting and those are your children and you kind of set the rules. But when you're dealing with other adults, um, when someone is becoming undone, right, when someone else is overwhelmed and you respond with trying to control them, often that will lead to an escalation. And so I have control and authority over myself and I get to decide, you know, how much longer I'm going to stay in this space or in this conversation or in this friendship. I can make decisions for me, um, but it is not for me to try to control or dictate uh, other people. The other piece that we want to be mindful of is not being condescending. Uh, not being dismissive, but to uh, remain calm yet respectful and, and authentically listening uh, to what the person is sharing. We also want to be mindful that sometimes people who are presenting uh, in a difficult way actually have valid points. So sometimes we ignore the message because we don't like the messenger. And that's a disservice to us and to them and to the group that, or the family that we are a part of, right? So even though I may not like the delivery, I wanna listen and take in, like, is there some truth in what they're saying? Is there some wisdom in what they're saying? Because I believe all of us can think of times where we heard something honest, true, or even wise that perhaps came from somebody we didn't particularly care for, right? So I don't want to miss the message because of my issues with the messenger. It is also going to be important for you to set uh, limits and boundaries. In our last episode, we talked about setting boundaries. And, you know, because we do not want to lose sight of ourselves or to erase ourselves, we want to honor ourselves. And so you will get to decide for yourself how much access am I giving this person? How much time? How much focus? You know, do I want to continue to invite them into my life and into my space, do I want to continue to say yes if they invite me? If it is a, a co-worker, yes, there's work that I have to do. But then, like, do I have to go to the lunch or to the mixer, or do I get to say, you know, the, my work time is all they're going to get of my life? I'm not going to subject myself to this uh, additional stress when I'm when I'm off the clock, right? or even in unnecessary meetings. I was talking to someone this week about, you know, when people wanna meet just to meet and there's nothing to talk about and they're just kind of consuming your day. And so I invite you to really think about your limit setting and your boundaries and learning to really trust yourself because if you are having trouble trusting yourself, then you will get into a place of pleasing them and erasing you, and so trust the alarm that's ringing, right? That if you know in your body your nervous system is telling you like this is no good, right? That you check in with yourself to really look at what is what is happening here. Am I triggered? Are they reminding me of something else? You know what is uh, the the level of disrespect? that is happening uh, in this moment? And what are my options, right? Sometimes we feel stuck and um, it may even involve brainstorming with other people. If it's a family or a work site, observing how do other people handle or respond to this person? And does that seem to work? Um, Or having conversations or support? You know, not just in a gossiping way, but really for your own wellness and to try to strategize on, on how to engage effectively. Of course, you can always consider going to speak with a counselor or a therapist to work on for some of us, it is not only that they, that the other person is difficult, um, but it may also be that you have challenges finding uh, your voice and your power. And so uh, to work that na- on navigating that space may be both an internal process as well as the external process with them. And so give yourself acknowledgement and appreciation for the ways in which you have managed so far and to also give yourself freedom and permission to do it a different way that you are not stuck in that old pattern or old cycle, but you can choose differently as you heal and come home to yourself. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.